Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts. Leading the league in podcasting entertainment. What's up, what's up, everybody? Ricky Whitmer here, along with the Mark Weber. Dub them East. And welcome into another edition of the Onside Kick here on Most Valuable Podcast. If you're on YouTube, hello. It is wonderful to see your lovely faces today. And if you're, you're on Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, or Stitcher, thank you guys for giving us a download and listen today. And Mark, we got a jam-packed show. We're going to be talking about, it's a topic we looked at a little bit eight months ago that we're revisiting because of comments made by Sean McDermott and the new Bills GM of Brandon Bean about Tyrod Taylor. Is he going to be the future at quarterback for the Bills? We'll dive into that. We're also going to have Jeremy Brenner on from BattleRedBlog.com, the Texan SB Nation blog. To talk about should Deshaun Watson be the numero uno starter for the Texans this season. Then we're going to end everything with uh, a great topic. Sean probably wishes that he was here because we're talking Tom Brady. Oh, he's excited. It's going to be comparing Tom Brady with a little bit of Michael Jordan. So stick around. That is going to be a great topic to end the podcast. But Mark, I want to get started with this Tyrod Taylor talk because we looked at, like I said, eight months ago. We had a segment where we looked at, is he basically the guy? Is he the guy at quarterback mm-hmm. for this Bills team, the franchise quarterback? Well, there were comments made where, according to Roto World, using the source of the Monday morning quarterback, it says Coach uh, Sean McDermott initially said Tyrod Taylor is the quarterback of the future, but he immediately amended after new GM Bean's comments saying it remains to be seen. So I'm going to ask you, Mark, in your opinion, is Tyrod Taylor the future quarterback for the Buffalo Bills? Hmm. This is a, this is a difficult thing to answer, and part of it's a little semantics. Um, I think he probably should be the quarterback mm-hmm. of the future. I mean, he's shown to be a successful quarterback. Uh, I don't necessarily think he will be because the Bills have kind of royally fucked this whole thing up. Uh, and I think there's a lot, you know, some of that bad blood might be gone because of some shifts and changes going on with the Bills organization. But at the same time, he's not going to forget the mm-hmm. fact that they were so non-committed to him. And then to go and say, quarterback of the future, eh, wait, hold on, maybe not. It's just reminding Tyrod Taylor, these guys don't love me. They don't care. Somebody else will give me that love. Um, that respect that I deserve. So the good thing about Tyrod Taylor is he's going to go out there. He's going to perform no matter what. He's going to give you these good numbers. The bad thing about this is I don't think he's going to want to be there anymore because, I mean, just time after time after time, they keep throwing it back in his face of we don't 100% believe in you, and I think that's wrong. I think he deserves it. I think he's earned his respect for this team. He's not top five quarterback material, mm-hmm. but he's better than what, uh, you know, better than what a lot of other teams have right now. Well, and the thing for me is the exact, it's kind of the same situation that you were looking at is it's really going to depend on this season. And when I say depend on this season, it is going to depend on the wins and the losses for the Buffalo Bills this season. Thank because, you, John Man. Well, when I look at Tyrod Taylor's first I want to look at his contract. Technically, he's an unrestricted free agent in twenty um after the twenty twenty one year. So twenty twenty two he'll be a free agent. However, there are two possible outs that the Bills have. The first of which comes after this season. There's a potential out. They could after this twenty seventeen season say Bye-bye, sayonara, see you later. And I wouldn't be surprised to see Tyrod's side saying, exercise that. Yeah, 
And if they keep them, they can keep them for 2018, then 2019, 2020, and 2021 club options. So really, it's one of those things where you, after each season, you basically have a possible one-year contract from now yeah. until the, the biggest 2022 season. Yeah, the biggest non-commit contract mm-hmm. there could potentially be. And the reason why I say that it depends on this season is... I'm going to reference my way too early mock draft because it's going to come out sooner rather than later, and I'm going to kind of pull the wool and let you guys know and kind of spoil some things. Right now, the order that is being used, I use the same one as Todd McShay. Football outsiders had their records. They got the Bills with the eighth overall pick. And with me, this is going to be the year where quarterbacks are going to go. I, Sam Darnold... And Josh Allen will probably be at the top at 1-2, depending on how Josh Rosen plays. That could add a third quarterback to the mix. You have Lamar Jackson. Those four quarterbacks, to me, could all be taken in the top five. And I actually have them all going in the top five. I have four quarterbacks in the first five picks of the way-too-early mock draft. And if the Bills, let's say, fall in that top five, let's say even they're at a one, they're at a two, maybe they're at a four, they're going to get an opportunity if they're in that top five to get one of those quarterbacks. So that, to me, is where this plays in, to where if they have the opportunity to get a Darnold, get an Allen, get a Rosen, get a Jackson. Of course, we got, like, in the one thing that we've been getting a lot of comments on the primetime podcast when we talked about the 2018 NFL draft this past week with Rosen and Allen, everyone's like, oh, well, they got to play this next season. I get that. You got to play this next season. The Bills have to play the season because we don't know if they're going to be a low draft pick or a high draft pick. But if they're a higher draft pick in that top five, looking at the quarterbacks right now, I would look at that and go, "Bye bye, Tyrod. I am going to draft a guy mm-hmm. that I actually like and want to commit to. Well, here's the thing that amazes me about this. I mean, it shows such a lack of foresight here mm-hmm. to say, I'm not willing to commit. Uh, I mean, to the the words being used is that uh, that Bean is far from sold, and they're going to keep turning over every stone until they're 100 percent set. And to me, this is like you just don't have to say it. Mm-hmm. That's the thing that amazes keep me it so much. Closed doors. Yes, you can just not talk shit. Basically, is what it comes <laughs> down to because that's all they're doing. They're talking shit about their own quarterback mm-hmm. and. To say that it's a battle is one thing. You can go out there and say, hey, it's a battle. Go win your job. It's another thing to say that, you know, if Tyrod wins the job or somebody else, what the hell does that— They do have Cardell Jones, and they have—they drafted Nate Peterman this year. Yeah, in what, fifth, sixth Mm -hmm. round? Fifth round. Fifth round. So, like, you just don't need to say it. If if somebody else goes out there and they win in the preseason— Awesome. No one's mm-hmm. going to have any issue with that. If you're the number one, two, three, four overall pick next year, and you're going to go out there and draft quarterback X, whoever's the number one quarterback, uh, take your pick for your favorite, all you college football fans. If you go do that, no one's going to blame you. So why do you have to come out here, shoot your quarterback's confidence, uh, assure him that one fuck up and he's gone? A guy who's only thrown, what, 12 interceptions in the last two years that's 30 games that he's i think i believe it's 30 games that he's started now in these last two years uh 12 interceptions in that that's a pretty you're pretty happy about that uh you know 20 touchdowns in the first in that first year and 15 16 17 something like that in the second year obviously took a step back but still pretty good yeah, 12 12 interceptions in his two years with the bills i just don't get it we're not sitting here looking at aaron Rodgers right now but we're looking at a quarterback who can win you games and if you build the team around him like they're kind of doing getting a good rushing game well one of the best rushing attacks last mm-hmm. year uh having a with shady yeah we're having a solid defense and hopefully you know continuing to build up on that defense i mean we saw their first pick, of course, with White in the first round. I like that pick. I love it, too, especially getting him later in the first round mm-hmm. here. You know, it's just one of those things where you look at it and you're like, build the team around Tyrod and he can take you places because well, he won't make mistakes. And that's why, to me, it's either one of two situations that are going to be virtually the answer to the question is no. Tyrod Taylor's not the future. And it has nothing to do with Tyrod Taylor. They don't want him. It's not something where I'm saying Tyrod Taylor's a bum, get him out of town. I'm just saying I don't think 
that and really the thing that I look at is you say Bean isn't sold yet. And really, if he's not sold, you look at McDermott. McDermott looks like he's sold. Yeah. The coach goes out and says, yeah, he's the future. Oh, oh, wait, I'm not supposed to say that. Oh, no. It's not it's, party it's, line. It's not, yeah. it's not part. It's I look at it and mm-hmm. I go either one of two things is going to happen with Tyrod in this situation. Number one, the Bills are in a prime position to get one of the top quarterbacks, and they do it. And I'll say, I'll, I'll leave Lamar Jackson out because he's the quarterback that I have him third on my board right now of quarterbacks just because I like him. I have that little bias. I think he's going to be a phenomenal talent. But I'll leave him out because he's not a consensus kind of quarterback that teams would look for. But you look at Darnold, you look at Allen, and you look at what Rosen can be, those three could be guys that teams go, that's my franchise. Mm-hmm. That is the franchise that I want to go with. And if the Bills have a chance at one of them, that's situation number one. But by potential out right now, yeah. we're going to draft yeah. a quarterback. Or if they don't, let's say they're winning games and they they just miss from those quarterbacks, it could be a situation where they go, hey, you know what? Cardell Jones is a backup. We all know it. Let's see Nate Peterman. Let's see what he does in his second year. And then once he's ready to take over the job, boom, bye-bye Tyrod. We cut him at the end of the year, and Peterman takes yeah. over. It just it, To me, it's just that Tyrod Taylor is not a sexy uh, well, like a sexy player. Mm-hmm. He's not a sexy pick. You know, he's not yeah. a sexy option here. Uh, he's been in the league for seven years now. Mm-hmm. He was a six-round pick by uh, the Ravens. It's just nothing to be excited about. He just kind of came in here and was successful. That's really what it came down to. He went in, he won a job, and he's been successful. And he's been mistake-free for the most part. He's been good, but not amazing. And the the Buffalo Bills they want the sexy pick and that's fine you can want that what I'm saying is going to next year's draft as saying hey we're gonna draft the best player available if it mm-hmm. happens to be a quarterback it happens to be a quarterback that's okay no one blames you no one's mad at you for that um, to me it's just kind of silly way to come in here right now and just immediately be like yeah no not sold you're just kind of shaking the quarterback's confidence and it's well, something that's, that's important for, if I'm Tyrod I I gotta I got to look at it and go, hey, you know what? Mm-hmm. I'm coming into play. I am going to prove you wrong and show you that I am the future of this franchise. Because when you look at the team, you mentioned the rushing attack is solid. With um, You've got LaShawn McCoy, Shady, back there. And we have like Sammy Watkins. They're not going to pick up his option, I believe, um, at the end of this season. Mainly because he's been injured. He hasn't been on the field a whole lot, but if he can be on the field, they get a guy like Zay Jones to right now I think he's the number two to Sammy Watkins. And really that's what I look at. You get a weapon for him, the offensive line, if they can protect him, get some kind of time for him, he can shine this year. And for Bills fans, I think it's a little catch twenty two of yeah, you want the team to do well. But it's one of those things where do you want to be in kind of pick limbo where ah we're too, we're too far back to get a top quarterback, but I don't want to suck this season because I actually want to watch games and be entertained. Yeah, yeah. And you never want your team, as much as we all plus like to not, joke about plus it. Plus you're not winning the division because Tom yeah. Brady's there. Yeah, as much as we all like to joke about it, you don't want your team to, to do poorly. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, Tyrod Taylor, uh, he falls into this trap of – you know, he probably he's probably done enough to, to earn himself quarterback of the future potential. But, you know, 27-year-old quarterback, uh, throws for about 3,000 yards every season here. And he's not the exciting face of your franchise here. And that's mm-hmm. the kind of trap he falls into himself. Uh, that'll, you know, he's got to give Kirk Cousins a phone call. And they just got to talk every Sunday night, maybe uh, Monday mornings, and just console each other of, our teams don't oh, want us. Her cousins they is got, all, they also just, a guy. Uh, we're just here. We're waiting till next year. You know. Uh, so to me, I don't know. I don't know mm-hmm. what to say about about Tyrod Taylor because he's got to win over the GM. The, he's got to win over the new GM. He he won't. It's, I know he won't. But he's that's the, the Buffalo only way Bills. They just don't really want. They just don't really want what he's selling. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I don't know why he's selling a great product for him and they don't want it. 
like I said, either one of two things is going to happen. They're going to be high enough to draft a prime quarterback this year, uh-huh. and they're going to go ahead and do it and kick him off to the side. Yeah. Or he'll be on the team, we'll take it, we'll take it, and then once Peterman is ready, if mm-hmm. Peterman's ever ready, then it'll be, okay, you're gone, Peterman yeah. takes over the job. Fortunately for Tyrod, he doesn't make mistakes that mm-hmm. often, uh, because I could totally see the Buffalo Bills being a team to say, ooh, you threw two interceptions in the game, you're out of here, bud, and just pull the string you know, as soon as possible, uh, just because it's almost as if they want him to fail. A little bit, a little bit. And the thing that I will say that it's good that he has this on his side is he's got the coach on his side. He does. Ha- mm-hmm. it, it seems like to me he does have McDermott on his side. Yep. So that may help him a little bit this season. But his boss, the GM, his boss, yeah. you know, he might want to do what the boss wants him to do mm-hmm. because turnover is pretty fast in Buffalo. That is true. I did. This was McDermott's first year. We know how quick that turnover was after they got rid of um, Rex Ryan. But let's turn on to the fans. You guys let us know down below. What do you guys think? Is Tyrod Taylor the future in Buffalo? Will he get a chance? Will the Bills be high enough this year to get a quarterback? And that will force Tyrod Taylor out of town. Let us know down below in the comment section. But, Mark, we got to move on into our next topic, and this is a special one on the Onside Kick today. we got special guests from BattleRedBlog.com, the Houston Texans site over at SB Nation. we got Jeremy Brenner joining us. You can follow him on Twitter at Jeremy underscore Brenner. Jeremy, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you guys for having me. It's an honor. Thank you guys so much. Oh, no problem. This was a topic that I talked to Mark last week about, and I'm like, you know what? I want to talk about Deshaun Watson. I want to talk about the Houston Texans. we got to get somebody on that actually has a beat on the pulse, per se, when it comes to the Houston Texans. And I'm going to kind of promote you a little bit, Jeremy. You did an article not too long ago about the kind of way-too-early predictions for the 2017 Texas Texan rookies. And for everyone who wants to check that out, all the Texan fans, that'll be down below in the description. But, Jeremy, I'm just going to be frank, and I'm just going to throw it right to you. You go up, and the Texans trade to get Deshaun Watson. They make a bold move after the Chiefs kind of take your guy, per se, in Patrick Mahomes. I'm going to just hit you with the question. Should Deshaun Watson be the starter for the Texans here in 2017? I'll t- I'm going to correct you right here. Our guy is Deshaun Watson. I, I This was the guy I wanted for my Texans from day one. He was my quarterback one on this board. I was a little surprised we had to jump up 13 spots to get him. And as much as I love Deshaun Watson, I don't think he should be the starter week one. And that may be an unpopular opinion among Texans fans, but... I don't. I think Tom Savage should still be the starter for the time being, at least for Week One. Tom Savage should be the starter. Hmm. Uh, I, I do find it interesting because I I don't disagree with the idea that you want some some kind of veteran to just hold down the fort while Deshaun Watson gets ready. But don't you kind of feel uh, maybe it's just me when I see Deshaun Watson play when I've seen him play in college. He is that transcendent kind of player. Not saying he's you know the greatest player in the world. That's not how I'm meaning transcendent. I'm saying he's that guy who is that personality. He's that leader. He gets into your locker room and he takes over the team. That's not the kind of guy I, I would want on the bench. I want to put him out there because he's going to start to lift some of these other guys to motivate them to do more. And I just look at Tom Savage, you know, the – what three games last year uh probably like two and a half is really what you would want to count and it's just nothing impressive to me i at least have hope you know with with uh deshaun watson sure you can have a quarterback battle but to me it's deshaun watson day one i can't imagine it any other way i can and that's that's also exactly the reason why i was so glad that watson was the guy the texans ended up taking because he is a leader. He is a winner. He started as a freshman in high school, started as a true freshman in college, and now as, as a true freshman in the pros, there's a little bit of a different story in my book because 
Tom Savage has been in this system since day one. Since Bill O'Brien got there, Tom Savage has always been there. So Tom Savage is very, he's very knowledgeable of the system that they run. He's been running for four years. However, he's been injured for most of this time, or he's been buried in the depth chart by the Bridges, by Fitzpatrick and Mallet and Hoyer and Osweiler and all those bums. They were bridging to lead up to Tom Savage. And I think the reason why Deshaun Watson is here, because Deshaun Watson is just a guy that could not pass up. And I think the bringing Deshaun Watson on board lights a fire under Tom Savage's butt because it really gives him some real competition and it will bring the best out of Savage. We saw a little bit at the end of last year where he was able to get, get a start going and he got injured again. And I think Deshaun Watson is the starter if Tom Savage gets hurt. And there's a very good chance he does because Tom Savage, he's been hurt for half or most of his four-year career almost. This is entering year four for Savage. And so that's why I'm at least saying Deshaun Watson is going to see the field this year. And But I'd like to give Savage a bit of a chance because in we're looking at the two games that he started and one was the Christmas Eve game in which he bombed the first half, but they ended up winning that game. And the, the Titans game, which was a meaningless game, but he played in that Jacksonville game, and he came back from, I believe, what was like a 17-point 17 uh, 17 deficit to the Jaguars. And if the Texans don't win that game, the Texans don't make the playoffs. So I got to give Savage credit there. And to me, Savage has really not been given a full opportunity, a, an opportunity where he has been QB1 from the jump, from the beginning of the season, and see where, see where he takes you. And I would at least want to give Savage that chance. And I think Bill O'Brien, he's very skeptical about starting rookie quarterbacks, starting rookies in general, and especially for O'Brien being this quarterback guru guy, this quarterback whisperer. I don't know if he's going to just – send Watson out to the Wolves yet, I think he's going to give Savage a little bit of run, give him at least a chance to prove himself, because I think that the Texans at least owe Savage that. They're not going to keep him in the system four years, tell him he's going to start, and then just it never materialized for Savage. Well, and that's so where I think I'm gonna... the Texans are going to give him a shot and let him start week one. But again, Watson is going to pick up this system eventually, and he will eventually take over Savage because he is – easily the most talented quarterback on the Texans roster right now. Well, and that's where I'm going to jump in because the one thing that I was going to bring up, and I'll get to it in a second, but first I want to hit when you were saying about O'Brien kind of being skeptic about starting the rookies, there was a article today where he basically told Deshaun Watson, get better every single day. And that to me is basically Bill O'Brien saying, we're not going to hand you the job. This isn't like... We traded for you to come in. You're going to be the starter day one. There's not going to be a battle. Of course, there's going to be a competition, and that's going to be going into it. But one of the most important things, and you even said it in your article where you said, and I quote, Savage is injury prone, and to think Savage will be healthy all 16 games this season is wishful thinking. And part of me kind of, I get that thinking of it, but when I look at the Texans' schedule, I think two things. First off, you better have your starter established by the bye week in Week 7 because, I mean, the beginning part of your schedule, Jacksonville, I think, is a winnable game, although they've gotten a little bit better, and really the hype around Jacksonville is always at its highest going into Week 1. I think the Bengals can be a winnable game because I'm not that high on the Bengals. Then you get some tough ones. You get at New England. You get Tennessee week four. Hopefully Mariota's back to full form, and the Titans fans are hoping for that. And then you get Alex Smith in Kansas City, uh, or in Houston against Kansas City on NBC Sunday night. And then you get the Browns. So right there, three winnable games, three tough games. And then after the bye, it's Seattle Indy. You also have the Cardinals late. You have the Steelers. You have the Colts again. And I think if it's something where Deshaun Watson's kind of thrown in, like if it's, let's say, Savage gets six games and then gets injured and 
Watson's thrown in at the Seattle game, Houston is at a crucial part because the injury to Mariota, we don't know how the Titans are going to look to open the season. The Colts are failing to capitalize on the success and having their field general in Andrew Luck be there. To me, this is a season where the Texans kind of can't take off and say, well, you know what, let's have the rookie kind of work his way up there. I mean, if he's not ready day one, that's a different story. But if he's ready, I think he should be the starter because I think the Texans have to win games as soon as possible and they can't wait. Yeah, I, I agree with you completely. And and a big thing to me here is I I just see people who who want to say, let Tom Savage have his chance. You know, and and sure, the the Texans have have given everything to seem like Tom Savage will have that chance, but I just don't think there's anything that gives you this idea that this is the guy that you have to give him an opportunity. Everyone knows it's Deshaun Watson's job. Tom Savage knows that it's Deshaun Watson's job. I mean, my favorite quote from him is that I know it's going to be a battle. You have to go out there and you have to perform at all times, especially at this position. I know that, but I'm really looking forward to it. That's not a thing that a guy who's going to start says. That's a guy who knows his days are ending says. So I I see something like this, and it's like you're saying there's this battle. He himself is putting the idea that there's a battle out there. I forget who it was last year. Comment section, please let me know, who came out there and just said, you know, gave everything and was like, nope, I'm taking the job. I'm going to start. I think it might have been one of the free agents. But anyways... That's what you want out of someone. You want someone to have that kind of swagger of, no, this is my job. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to take it. And Tom Savage has not really, be fair, he hasn't had a huge opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, but when he has had these slim chances, he hasn't been able to do anything. And it's got such a good team around him. Uh, and he could have had this opportunity. But once you go and you trade for Watson... I cannot see a way personally that in the off season, you know, in the training camps, in the preseason, he doesn't go out there and show everybody that it's his job and he starts day one. Well, and I want to, I really hope that's the case because if that's the case, then we're going to have a really damn good quarterback on our hands this season. (laughs) And then this, hopefully this quarterback conundrum will finally be laid to rest and we'll have our guy for the next uh, eight to ten years, maybe even longer, if he can be Iron Man. But I, that, that's the good thing that can come out of this is that Watson and Savage are going to bring out the best in each other with this competition. And I think that's what I think that's a little bit strategically what the Texans wanted is they wanted, and that's that's why they really didn't want to hold off on it anymore. They've been so conservative about drafting a quarterback. They've only drafted. After David Carr, they only drafted one guy in the first three rounds of the draft, and that was Dave Ragone back in 03. Therefore, Rick Smith, who got the job in 06, hasn't drafted a quarterback in the first two days. And I was I was shocked when they traded up to get him. And I was like, you don't – and that's the thing is that you really – it's going to be very difficult to trade up for a guy. And then not let that, him start. Exactly. And but fortunately the for the are gonna do that. Fortunately for the Texans, that. they haven't necessarily Maybe. needed to. I mean, when they had Matt Schaub, even though we all remember, you know, him throwing a million picks. The pick six. Uh, he was a good quarterback, a really good quarterback for a long time. Uh Brock Osweiler was supposed to be a good quarterback uh for the Texans. They haven't necessarily needed to do it. Um so they've been lucky in that sense. Well, and the one question that I want to ask you, Jeremy, kind of to get the Texan side of things, because both Mark and I are not Texan biased and don't have that Texan fandom with us. You mentioned, and Mark even mentioned it too, when you go out and make the jump that the Texans did, there's that little pressure that you have to go ahead and start Watson. And to me, I look at not just making the move, but what you gave up to get him. You have virtually given the Browns with the Osweiler move and now this move. You didn't just give them your first round pick at 24, which is, or 25, which is okay. You can give them the later on. You gave them next year's first too. And this is a team that unless another move is made, you don't have a pick in the first or second round. So does that even add 
more pressure to say, uh, maybe we start Watson a little bit sooner rather than later? Absolutely. And that was basically the reason why I was so surprised they made a move because they already traded their 18 second in the Osweiler deal. So I was like, if they're going to make a move and trade some of next year's picks or trade some of this year's picks, even you're, you're running a very thin draft class. And so that means that the draft picks were made this year, like at least four or five of them have to be hits. And we have seven rookies and Watson is the most important one that has to hit because if he doesn't hit that can set the franchise back into, into mediocrity or even worse. And because if this, if this, if this draft class is a, is a bust, Next year's draft class, probably not going to be a very good draft class because we don't have those first two picks. So if Watson can be that guy, that cornerstone that will be there for a while, that won't require a quarterback draft pick early in any more of these drafts in the next, in in the foreseeable future, then that would be spectacular. And that's what we, and that's a lot of what they need Watson to be. They need Watson to be able to perform and deliver and be the guy for a while. Or what they need to do is they need Savage to be that guy, and then they can use Watson or Savage. They need one of those two guys, then they can use them as trade bait in the future to kind of repair the damage that was made in the 2018 class because the 2018 class is supposedly not going to be as good as the other years. Well, and the one thing I look at, you mentioned this draft class, and to me on the outside looking in, there are three guys that I was really hyped for when the Texans got them, and that's obviously Deshaun Watson. He's the kind of marquee of this draft class, but also Zach Cunningham. He's a guy that I thought could have even been taken at the end of round one. And then a guy who... There has been, I mean, I heard that Bill O'Brien said he came to the rookie minicamp kind of out of shape, and it's one of those things where you could get into shape, but how do you really take that into? I also like Deonta Foreman, and I mean, I know you could say, well, now there's a little bit of a logjam with Lamar Miller and Alfred Blue, but that could maybe force, hey, maybe we can move one of these guys if Foreman kind of proves himself. I really like Foreman out of Texas, besides Watson. Are there any rookies in this class where you're saying, you know what, Watson needs to hit, and then this guy needs to be just as good? I think the safest pick in this draft was Zach Cunningham in the second great value pick for the Texans, and he's a guy that can play multiple positions. He can play outside and inside, and they have a needed outside linebacker with John Simon going to the Colts. So he could even start in – Week one, although I think he'll be seen more as an inside linebacker and he'll replace Brian Cushing once he ages even more. Um, but he was the safest pick in this draft. Deontay Foreman was not even on my radar because I really didn't think the Texans were going to go running back that early or if at all. But they, re- they must really like Deontay Foreman if they were willing to use a third round pick on him and they already got Lamar Miller in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Killed it last year. I think that He's uh, one of the most underrated free agency signings, in my opinion. Yeah, I think that the obvious thing with this is that they want to give Deshaun Watson that help. I mean, when you go and get yet another running back, when your running back situation uh, was pretty set, I mean, you're one of the better teams running the football last year. Uh, you're just saying we have a young quarterback. He needs some help. We're going to give him it because you've already got one of the best wide receivers out there. Uh, you know, you have a great running back already. You have a lot to, I mean, you don't have a lot of room to go up necessarily. The passing game is what really needed to go up, and you hope that Deshaun Watson is the answer to that because we all know the woes that were Brock Osweiler. Uh, but really what it comes down to to me when I see something like that is they're saying young quarterback needs help. Um, and... They went out there and they tried to get him that help for sure. And this shows to me one more reason why they're not even thinking about Tom Savage. Deshaun Watson's the starter. Well, and kind of the one thing this is, I want to wrap things up with this question for you, Jeremy. 
looking, we talked about, we've already answered, should Deshaun Watson be the starter? We answered that at the beginning. Let's say Deshaun Watson plays this season, whether it's week one, whether it's week six, whether it's week three, where have you. If Deshaun Watson gets, we'll say, the lion's share of starts this season, do you see this Texan team either winning the division or making the playoffs this year with rookie Deshaun Watson at the helm? I do. I, I do. And that, that may be a bit, um, that may be op- just me, you know, being the optimistic Texan fan that I am, but this team has been really solid. And with, even with the quarterbacks that we've had, they've been solid. They've made the playoffs. They've done well. They've won nine games in each of the last, I believe three seasons that Bill O'Brien's been there. So this team has done well with an, a below-average quarterback those three years. I believe Watson will be at least average or better than what we've seen, if not better than average. So if you put a better-than-average quarterback with the defense that we have, which should be a top-three defense for, the, uh, for another year, in my opinion, then... I don't see how the Texans can fall worse than nine and seven. And when you get to the AFC, I don't see there being very many teams that are going to contend for a wild card spot. And I don't know if there's going to be as many teams competing for the AFC South. I know everybody says that, Oh, the Colts improve, the Jaguars improve, the Titans improve. They say that every year, but do they really improve? Uh, They haven't, they haven't, you know, backed up their expectations the texans have in my opinion and they've they've actually outperformed their expectations because every year it seems everyone's high on the jaguars high on the titans high on the colts and low on the texans yet in the last two years who's come up on top in the division houston has come on top of the division that's and that's not what people really expected in the last two years and we're at the same place yet again three years in a row where people are high on everybody else in the South except the Texans. But now I, I don't see a reason that the Texans can't go nine and seven. I think if they, if they lose, if they go out of the playoff picture, if they lose more than eight games, I think it will be because it will be because the offensive line is not going to protect Watson and or Savage and the defense will experience too many injuries and too many losses with, outside linebacker with John Simon and cornerback with AJ Boyer and safety with Quentin Dems. If Deshaun Watson though can perform and he gets the high, uh, gets more starts than Savage. I do think the Texans have a good chance to make the playoffs. Well, and that's where we're going to end this one before I do my big spiel to let the fans let us know what they think down below. Jeremy, I'm going to give you some time. Go ahead, make the pitch, tell everyone where they can find you and find your work. Sure. Uh, I'm at battleredblock.com. Go check out our stuff there. We're constantly throwing out more material each and every day of this off season. And follow us at battleredblog on Twitter, and you can follow me at Jeremy underscore Brenner. Thank you very much. Well, Jeremy, thank you for joining us here on the Onside Kick, and this is where we turn it on to you guys, the fans. Let us know down below what you guys think in the comment section, and also go check out in the description Jeremy's way-too-early predictions for the rookies entering the 2017 season for the Houston Texans. But, Mark, we're going to move on into our last segment, and just one more thank you to Jeremy Brenner from Battle Red Blog joining us for that Deshaun Watson segment. It was great having Jeremy on, but we are going to end the podcast with a nice little topic. Um, We're probably going to piss people off. We're maybe hopefully joining with some basketball, kind of mixing the football and the basketball fans here for this one. But today Tom Brady was asked about Michael Jordan or talked about Michael Jordan. And here's what he said. Here's part of the quote that I'm going to throw out to you guys. And he said, and I quote, I was in awe of Michael Jordan, and I still am in awe of what he was and what he meant. He was such an effortless player. He put a lot of effort in, and there's an art and a beauty 
to the way he played the game. That was very, that was a very inspiring thing. End quote. I am going to ask this question to you, Mark, and this is what we're going to talk about today. Tom Brady, Uh possibly the GOAT when it comes to football. He's the GOAT. He's the GOAT. I mean, he's on the GOAT edition of Madden for Madden 18. Therefore, therefore Therefore, he is. Therefore, he's the GOAT. In basketball, I don't Uh care what LeBron James fans say. I don't care what Kobe Bryant fans say. Michael Jordan, MJ, number 23, his airness will always be the GOAT for the NBA, especially in my mind. So we're going to have the kind of conversation today, and I will ask you first. Will Tom Brady ever be greater than Michael Jordan? Will he be the mm-hmm. all-time sports goat over Michael Jordan? Well, the first thing I want to say, because I know it's in the comment section already. We, <laughs> yeah, we, we just started and someone's already hit enter. Uh, we know they're different sports. We know it's a yes. very hard comparison. We will get to that. But just to first of all answer the question, will mm-hmm. he ever get to Michael Jordan level? No. He will not be able to get there. Uh, part of the thing is that you know, a lot more is on the shoulders of Michael Jordan for the, you know, the 90s Bulls mm-hmm. than there is for Tom Brady. Um, and and football has a lot more team sport to it, don't get mad at me basketball fans, than basketball kind of did. Uh, and you could argue still does in this case. Um, where you can get a few all-stars together and they can dominate. Miami Heat, you know, when they proved that three superstar players is enough. Mm-hmm. Three superstar players is not enough in the, in the NFL. So it, it's different in that kind of sense that less is on Tom Brady's shoulder. Uh, I, I think that the other thing I really want to look at here is I'm not denying that Tom Brady is the greatest of all time in football here, but... But when you look at the scope here, I look at eight years, six playing years, really, for, for Michael Jordan here. Mm-hmm. And he knocks it out of the park. Well, you're just looking at the 90s. I'm looking at the 90s here okay. of just when it was a dynasty. Because I'm going to compare it to well, the, the New England dynasty. Mm-hmm. When it was a dynasty in Chicago, mm-hmm. eight years where you know you had that little blank couple years in the middle. But I think that even adds to it. Takes two well, years yeah. off, comes back, boom. And does it again. Go. But we have three-peat, three-peat. Mm-hmm. When you look at the dynasty, and really it's two separate dynasties, if you really want to think of it that way, mm-hmm. for New England, just like the Chicago Bulls, the amount of success and the, the way the success is spread out, it's not where it's just three years that the New England Patriots absolutely dominated everybody and there's no questions about it. Uh, you know, even though they did have their back to back as well, they it's just not as utter dominance, even when everyone is saying Bill Belichick is, you know, one of the best, if not the best head coaches, Tom Brady, one of the best, if not the best uh, quarterback out there. Even so, while this was happening, uh, you know, while this dynasty was going on, people were still saying Tom Brady might not be the best quarterback because Peyton Manning's there. Now people are saying, yeah, but maybe Aaron Rodgers is a more talented quarterback. Nobody was saying, yeah, Michael Jordan's great and all, but is he really the greatest NBA player? Mm -hmm. That's not a debate people are necessarily having or were having really either. Um, It's just that really what it comes down, it's a hard comparison to make, but Michael Jordan just, I mean, it's, it's looking at a king and just, you know, the guy, he's not the king of football. He might be the GOAT of the quarterbacks, but he's not the king of football. You don't think he's the king of football? No. Who would you say is the king of football? Aaron Rodgers. You think Aaron Rodgers is the king of football? Right now, he is the king of football. If you want to look at the real king of football mm-hmm. all time, Joe Montana. Okay. See, that is that to me is the conversation. Mm-hmm. If you're going to have just the, the uh, football side of it, to me, the conversation comes down Tom Brady or Joe Montana. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers, to me, puts up great stats. How many Super Bowls does he have? Un. Un. How many does Tom Brady have? Sean, I'll tell you. He's got a full hand. Yeah, right. He can put rings on all of his fingers. You know who else could do that? And then some? Michael Jordan. Yeah. We, we've all seen the picture of him like this, and he's got rings on each hand, and then on, I think it's the index finger. 
He's got the extra one mm-hmm. right here for number six. It's a, it's a tough problem when you just run out of fingers to put your rings on. Uh, I, I really think that the big thing people are going to get at mm-hmm. is comparing the NBA to the NFL. Um, well, the NBA, it's possible, it's more possible to be an individual. Yes. And to take out, like, of course, Tom Brady, like I say, oh, it's easier to take over a game in the NBA because you're on offense. And then when you switch to defense, it's not like, oh, well, I'm going to go hit the bench. You guys go get them. Mm-hmm. However, I look at this last Super Bowl against the Falcons and who took over the game? Tom Brady took over the game, yeah. and that's why they came back from 25 points down in that Super Bowl. But Michael Jordan dominated. And the one thing that I will say that although if we're having the conversation, will Tom Brady ever be greater than Michael Jordan? No. Because, one, Michael Jordan, and I'll even admit I kind of fall in to this all the time, he's got this mystique to him. He is the best. He was he took over the game. He in the 90s was all you wanted to do was be like Mike. Yeah. And be, I remember like, being like the song, Mike. Like Mike. Yeah. If I could be like Mike and that's all you wanted. Mm-hmm. You wanted the Jordans. You wanted to be like Mike. I remember when Space Jam came out, I actually fucked up my knee as a kid doing this, but I had a little chair, like little plastic toy chair. And I remember having the little tykes hoop in my room. And what did I do? One foot on the chair, put the other leg behind me, stretched out like this, trying to stretch like Michael Jordan did. I fell and slipped my leg. So, and I couldn't walk on it for about a week. And that ended Ricky's basketball so, uh, career. That, that taught me never to stand on plastic mm. chairs um, as a kid. But with Tom Brady, it, it doesn't help that, yeah, when the offense comes off, Obviously, he doesn't play defense, doesn't play both ways. But the one thing that both of these players do have, which make them great in their own right, is they have that kind of that fuel, that fire. And the way I describe it is Michael Jordan, there's a distinct time where I'm like, if I ever want one quality, it's this. And it's when Michael Jordan came back from baseball. He actually came back midway through the um, 94-95 season. And they were in the playoffs against the Orlando Magic. He was wearing the number 45 because his dad had died and he wanted to honor his dad. So he's wearing 45 and the Magic beat him in the playoffs. And the Magic just make this really stupid comment that Michael could hear. It's like... Well, I guess he ain't 23 anymore. Mm-hmm. What did Michael do? Came out the next game with 23 on and toasted him. Straight roasted the Orlando Magic. Tom Brady has that same kind of fire within him as well that he can turn on at a single notice, i.e. this last Super Bowl. His team was down by 25. Boom, turned it on, won the game. Sean went from depressed, put him on suicide watch, to the happiest kid in the world. That is the two things that these two guys share, and that's what makes them great in their own right. However, yes, it's hard to compare these two, but if I had to, no. And one of the big reasons, and I'm not throwing this out there to be a troll or anything, but Michael Jordan, 6-0 and in championships, never lost when he got to the finals. Tom Brady, and you could say, well, it wasn't his fault, Mm-hmm. still lost two Super Bowls both to the Giants. Yeah. The hard thing with that is it really comes down to the nature of these two sports and why they're so different mm-hmm. and why I'm sure that debate's happening down below. But the fact that Michael Jordan got to be there for two of those games. Tom Brady had won those games and then freak mysteries with Eli Manning, the you know the Brady Slayer out there, was able to the Brady was Slayer. able to somehow sell his soul for a win or something, uh, and could pull that off, and is the only man who can do it. Um, that's really what it comes down to there. Of course, there's the other you know freak one with Russell Wilson and how Malcolm Butler is really the one who saved that one. But Tom Brady had those games won. It was the defense that nearly let him down or did uh, let him down two times in a row. Um, So 
it's just one of these difficult things when you really want to dissect these two players and compare these two players mm-hmm. um, because the, the sports are so different of each other. What it really comes down to to me is if you look at the greatest of all time, you can look at specific positions, and both players are, of their positions, the greatest of all time. But when you look at their sports, without a doubt, Michael Jordan is the greatest of all time when it comes to the NBA. Without a doubt is what I'm saying people are going to yell at me down below. Okay, I've accepted that. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody's going to mention Larry Bird or something, or LeBron James. Uh, but when it comes down to the NFL, it is not a surefire, oh yeah, without a doubt. Tom Brady is the greatest football player of all time. Well, and the thing that I am looking at right now is the playoffs. And the thing that you said earlier that I'm going to disagree with Mm -hmm. is you looked at Michael Jordan and you said, I'm just going to look at those eight years, basically the 90s. Mm -hmm. And I look and go ahead and say, I can't do that. And I know that his first three seasons technically made the playoffs, but he only played in four, three, three of them. And then the last two seasons in the 80s, he played the fair share, all of the playoff games for the Bulls, 10 and then 17, making it to the Eastern Conference Finals, losing to those Pistons in the year before I was born Mm -hmm. in 1989. I have to look at all of that because overall, and this is, again, the two sports are different, but I look at this, 13 seasons of playoffs for Michael Jordan. The first three played a combined 10 games of the three in the playoffs. So, okay, he wasn't the Michael Jordan that we knew. And obviously the 94-95 season, he came halfway through. Still, Bulls made the playoffs because obviously the Bulls were a good enough team to make the playoffs without Michael Jordan, but he only played 10 games in those playoffs before the Bulls were eliminated by the Magic that year. And... The thing that with Tom Brady, he has more playoff appearances, but it's like you mentioned, and with Michael Jordan, which what makes him so great is those eight years, the three from 91 to 93. So basically 90, 91 to 92, 93, and then 95, 96 to 97, 98, whereas Tom Brady, first three years in the league, our first three years that he played because O two didn't make the playoffs, but O one, O three, O four, his first appearances in the playoffs, boom, 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 Super Bowls. Yeah. Just won the Super Bowl each one of those years. Then you have O five all the way until twenty fourteen where he made it O five, O six, O seven, off O eight, O nine, ten, eleven, twelve. So O eight was the only year he didn't make it. Oh wait, guess what? What happened that year? Mm-hmm. He got injured, so he didn't yeah. play. That was the Matt Castle year. But you look at every other, there was that span of time, almost a decade, that Tom Brady didn't make the Super Bowl, didn't Mm -hmm. win the Super Bowl. Yeah. He was in the Super Bowl. He was in two of them because he lost to the Giants. But there was that gap of time where not only did he not make it to the Super Bowl in that gap, he lost two of them in almost a 10-year gap. Mm -hmm. And I I think that's such an interesting thing when you just look at these players and you know when you when you're talking about who to compare it to the reason why we put Tom Brady in there is because of his ability to lead uh his just pure success and and it was this side of the table where I was sitting right here and and Sean mm-hmm. sitting right here and him and I had this debate on why is it that Tom Brady is the goat when we will sit here and have the discussion People will openly admit, and someone probably said it down below in the comment section, uh, Tom Brady is the greatest of all time because of his success. Mm -hmm. Aaron Rodgers is a better quarterback, though. And that to to me, that blows my mind, and I will even say it. I will agree with it, but it blows my mind that we can say this quarterback is better, but this one is the greatest of all time. Even though this quarterback is better, that doesn't make sense to me how we can say that this guy can put up better numbers. If I want one of them in their prime, I'm going to take that one. But the other one's better. Okay, let's be honest. So I'm taking anybody in their prime. I'm taking Tom Brady. No, I would take Aaron Rodgers. I'm taking Tom Brady in his prime. If you put Aaron Rodgers on any of these Patriots teams, Super Bowl. If 
if we switch places mm-hmm. and Aaron Rodgers was the quarterback of of the New England Patriots and Tom Brady uh, of the Green Bay Packers, mm-hmm. no one else would have ever won a Super Bowl. That's I'm being I'm being exaggerating here, but nobody else would win a Super Bowl. But the thing with Tom Brady, mm-hmm. and this is where I think he's got Aaron Rodgers beat. Aaron Rodgers, I can put him on every single team in the NFL. Yeah, will not make the playoffs with every single team. I put Tom Brady on every single team, even the Cleveland Browns. Oh no, you are that Cleveland I, Browns team is no. making the playoffs. No, Aaron Rodgers is a better quarterback. He's a better quarterback, but he's not as successful of a quarterback. But, but Tom, he is a better quarterback, and that's the thing I'm getting at. Is Tom Brady the thing that he has that Aaron Rodgers doesn't? Is a better coach is that winning? Well, some people may say that. Oh well, I mean, mm-hmm. Michael Jordan without Phil Jackson, what do you got? Sure, but I'm not. That's not the argument I'm making. No, I know, but I'm even saying mm-hmm. even the guy that we're trying to compare Tom Brady to, yeah. But has that same part of it, and mm-hmm. part of it's vice versa too. How good of a coach is yeah. Phil Jackson? Because he is fucking Jordan. amazing, and then uh, he has Kobe Bryant. But anyways, uh, the the thing I want to the reason I'm bringing this up of uh, mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers is the better quarterback. I think you have a better argument saying which one of these type of guys is better, or if you want to compare Montana, if you want to per- compare Brett Favre, you know these guys, the stat guys, mm-hmm. Peyton Manning. Those are better comparisons when you just take out the success because rings aren't all that matters. And that's something that always gets brought up as well. When you look at Michael Jordan, sure, the man's got six rings, but he also has 10 NBA scoring titles, Mm -hmm. seven of which were consecutive. He has six MVPs in the finals. He, uh, what, 866 consecutive games with 10 points or more. 1,463 free throws made in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm just looking at the litany of records that Michael Jordan has held, and it's just incredibly impressive where you look at this and you just say, without a doubt, can you be better than Mike? Probably not. Well, and that's the thing with Tom Brady. Mm -hmm. And I... I get it. We've said that football isn't just Tom Brady. It's more of a team sport than basketball. But within those years off from the Super Bowl, here's a very kind of interesting observation. The first year that that happened, the 06 playoffs after mm-hmm. they won the Super Bowl, they go ahead and beat Jacksonville 28-3 to in the first round. And then in the second round, go into Denver – Jake Plummer led Denver Broncos beat him 27 to 13. That Super Bowl was eventually the one in Detroit that was Pittsburgh over the um Seattle Seahawks. Then you go to the next year. Who do they lose to in the AFC Championship game? You should know because this team then went on to play your Chicago Bears. You shut your filthy mouth. The Indianapolis Colts. And you want to know what's a funny thing about this Super Bowl? Hmm. When the Bears started going on their roll, I predicted halfway through the season, Bears-Patriots, Bears win their second Super Bowl over the Patriots. I wanted to see it. I, I wanted wish. to see it. And I wish. I remember being, because um, I was in high school at that time, had a teacher kind of map everything out and the similarities mm. between that year and the 85 season eerily similar. Also, the first year the Patriots won their Super Bowl with Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. It was mapped up for that also, but it didn't happen. But mm-hmm. who did he lose to at quarterback? Peyton Manning, who eventually went on to win the Super Bowl. Then the 08 year, he doesn't make the playoffs, comes back the next year and did not make the playoffs in 09, but in 09-010 in the playoffs, go ahead and he loses Round one, a upset game. Who went and beat him? The Baltimore Ravens. And there's kind of a little bit of a trend as you keep going because we know what happens when you get into the um, 2000s, late 2000s. Peyton Manning and the Ravens mm-hmm. were the two teams in the AFC that if there were any two teams that were going to beat Tom Brady, it was a Peyton Manning-led team. And it was a Baltimore Raven team. Yeah. The Steelers didn't really have a chance to beat them with the number of times. 
that they played them. And the only team in the NFC that really had the Patriots number, and I say have their number because they beat them twice the two times that they've seen them in the Super Bowl, is Eli Manning. Well, basically, mm. a Manning. A Manning brother was yeah. Tom Brady's kryptonite. They're equal. They're equal to each other. Um, I just want to throw one more one more out there because mm-hmm. I love this one. Uh, most points in a playoff game, 63 for Michael Jordan against uh, Boston. That was a that was in the eighties, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, I want to say that was, that was before the championship mm-hmm. run in the early nineties. Yep, I just think you know when you go Michael purely Jordan knew how off, to take over the game. When you go purely off of success, one mm-hmm. guy's got a hundred percent of his finals; the other one does not. Uh, I know that's something that a lot of people say, and it's not that simple, but that's an easy thing. When you start mm-hmm. looking at records. Tom Brady just doesn't have him. He's got his own, but this is just not the level that Michael Jordan had. Well, and kind of the last question, this will sum up the Michael Jordan to Tom Brady. And All right. you you were mentioning it. The 6-0, and that's mm-hmm. what people like to say, like myself. 6-0, and perfect in the finals. Will Tom Brady be able to surpass 6? So will he be able to get 7 or more to where eventually mm-hmm. we talk about, yeah, Jordan went 6-0. and Tom Brady's got seven. Yeah. Uh, no, I don't think he will. I think they got a real good shot of winning this year. A really, really good shot. But there's a lot which of good teams out. Back to back. Yeah. It would be uh, their second back to back, which is impressive. Uh, no doubt about that. And gives them a good, you know, um, good few years in this. But with that being said, um, I can see them winning one more. I can't see him getting seven. Mm-hmm. Seven as much, especially because if you're a big fan of the podcast, you know my conspiracy theory. They are building up for this final year. I mean, they're giving the Tom Brady everything. is coming. Yeah, they're giving Tom Brady everything he needs. Plus, he's <laughs> on the Madden cover, so obviously yeah. the era of Garoppolo has begun. Uh, Garoppolo ho- is hope, here. I hope Tom doesn't uh, get injured. But anyways, the other thing I want to say really quickly is a difference between these two, and people can say what they want about LeBron, mm-hmm. I find it hard to believe that anybody will ever supplant Michael Jordan as the greatest of all time in basketball, kind of unanimously. Oh, I don't I, think I don't think so. I don't think yeah. I say that no one's going to supplant Michael Jordan. No yeah. one's getting above. I him. think he's always uh, going to be the goat. Tom Brady, I don't doubt that somebody can get better than him because it's a passing league. And even though last well, onside kick, somebody said that running backs will make their comeback. I disagree. Well, and I this mean, is a passing league. There will be a quarterback that does more than Tom Brady. Well, even look at it. There are. So many. We have the Aaron Rodgers debate because mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers statistically is a better is quarterback, better than Tom Brady. Look at Drew Brees. Drew Brees has mm-hmm. more of the records. If you put the two on equal teams, Drew mm-hmm. Brees will win. If you put them, if you just I literally t- had a scrimmage where you're just mm-hmm. switching the two out and assuming that they had the same level of consistency with these mm-hmm. guys, Drew Brees is a better quarterback. You'll win. I the thing I think that Tom Brady has that not a lot of quarterbacks have is that same kind of that killer instinct that Oh, you can't Michael tell me Jordan Drew Brees had. doesn't have a killer instinct. Well, with Drew Brees, it's becoming a lot of like he's not on that same level of success anymore. Winning why that's Drew, the thing that yeah. comes back with Tom Brady. But Drew Brees is that guy wise. who will come out there and just say, I'm fucking better than you guys and I'm gonna throw it all over you. It's not my fault my team sucks. Was it him that was it him or Matt Ryan? That um, threw five picks in a game and still won. Uh, I think it was Matt Ryan who won it. Drew Brees so. threw the five against and did the Falcons it. and didn't. Yeah, I think so. One Sounds of, right to me. One of them, though, threw five picks in a game and actually won I can the tell game. you one guy it wasn't. Well, or it was that, did it, depending <laughs> on how you want to say it. Rex Grossman. That man knew how to throw five <laughs> interceptions in a game and still uh, win. I can still see my father right now with Rex Grossman. I don't know why he's still in the game. The first drive of the se- series, you knew what Rex you were going to get. And that's my dad. That's my dad talking a about A winning Rex Grossman. Rex Grossman. <laughs> you knew what Rex you were going to get one right that would away. win. I'm going to ask you this before yep. we close up the podcast. Any last thoughts on this? Tom Brady, Michael Jordan, goats. Um, Both goats, without a doubt, in their own rights. Um, totes my goats? Are they they're totes both, they're goats? both totes my goats. These guys are both <laughs> goats. Uh, Michael Jordan, I think, will hold up longer than mm-hmm. Tom Brady will. I, I certainly believe that the debate will come back up when Aaron Rodgers retires, yep. Drew Brees, whoever. The debate will come up. Um, the debate on the basketball side really isn't a real thing. Well, and I totally agree with you on that one. However, this one, it does come. It's kind of hard to beat 6-0. and 
when you didn't just look at success, one. correct. When didn't you just look at success, a single one plus, like you said, has more of the records. However, we have said that basketball is a little bit different than football in the individual. I, side. Here's what'll settle it: Can Tom Brady go out there and win the dunk contest? Maybe because Michael Jordan can. Maybe twice. he could. Maybe he could. But this is where you guys come in. Let us know down below what you guys think. Will Tom Brady ever become the all-time sports goat? over Michael Jordan. Let us know down below in the comment section. Thank you guys for checking out this edition of the Onside Kick. Make sure to hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. Also check out patreon.com backslash most valuable podcast in order to support the channel more so so that we can do better things for you guys, get a new camera, get new equipment to make the product better for you guys, the fans. want to thank you guys one more time for checking out the podcast. And as always, have a good day, everybody. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.